Listen to The Tony Bruno Show with Harry Mays. Weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and with the SiriusXM app. Extending the play with the John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to follow us or subscribe to us, I should say, on our YouTube channel at Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media. And of course, if you aren't already, shame on you if you aren't, follow John McMullen on Twitter at J-F McMullen. You can give myself a follow as well on the new Twitter handle, Ryan Rothstein 33 R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N, 33, like Arnold Rothstein. Uh, a lot to get into. Let's bring John McMullen into the picture now. Sirius XM Radio, SB Nation Radio. John writes for SI.com, Sports Illustrated. You can find all of his content and articles there, as well as on his Twitter page, Philly Voice. We're posting articles uh, throughout the week. Every single week there, we, as is, as in John, so Philly Voice and SI.com, we're all over the place. John, how are you? Because the world is not doing so hot right now, unfortunately. No, it isn't. Uh, and maybe before we get into the serious stuff, no pun in, intended. How is that new Twitter handle working for you? I think <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I haven't lost any followers. I haven't really gained any. I haven't seen a spike because of it. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you were right. And, and it was a good call to uh, <laughs> just go back to the name and keep it simple. There we go. All right. Yeah. I, 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 at least there's some good advice. See, you know, it's funny you say you haven't lost any followers because I've lost a bunch over uh, <laughs> the past few days. And I think a lot of people have that do uh, opinion pieces on anything controversial. And we can't get more controversial uh, than what's going on across our country. And, you know, it's tough to stick to sports, and that's kind of what I wrote on, on phillyvoice.com and anybody with any kind of platform. And that's one of the criticisms I've had and I talked to you about off the air is the assumption that professional athletes have to do this, uh, have to uh, be put in a position uh, to where they not only have to talk about certain issues that maybe they're uncomfortable with, and remember, we're talking about a lot of times we're talking about not a Malcolm Jenkins who's, you know, gone out of his way uh, to become educated in these types of issues. And not only from a standpoint of, of doing the research, doing the homework, but actually through uh, demonstrable action and, and his social activism, he's an expert. I mean, let's be honest, and, and nobody does more in, in that aspect from a sports standpoint uh, than Malcolm Jenkins. But I, I think the assumption that everyone needs to chime in and everyone needs to, uh, to, to talk in, in a certain direction, I don't like that. Uh, and I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's fair not only for the players themselves, but even the NFL and professional sports leagues in general, 
they're not moral compasses. Now, they can become, uh, and, and I use, I think Malcolm is the perfect example. They can work towards that. But it, it's not a job description. And it's not more than that. It shouldn't be a job expectation. And I think to a lot of degree, it has become that. And I mentioned Carly Lloyd off the air with you, Ryan. Uh, I mean, she's a South Jersey native. You, you know her history in women's soccer and, and what she has meant to that sport. And she just got trashed for saying she wanted to go golfing with her husband and not addressing what's going on in society. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. That was part of my uh, column on phillyvoice.com, and I got trashed for it. So, you know, it's part of it. I, I'm not – hey, look, there's a, a certain level. If you're in the public eye, I mean, and you're talking about controversial things, you're going to get trashed, whether it's meaningless things like pro sports in, in the larger frame of the world or actual issues like this, and they don't get any bigger than this. But, you know, to say, and, and this is how I phrased it, and again, I think everyone should read my my piece at phillyboys.com. Uh, you know, you got to be able to hold two thoughts in your head at once. And if we can't get to that point, and we can't say what happened uh, to George Floyd was atrocious, and his 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 family deserves justice, and we can't say that. And on the other hand, say rioters should not be allowed to burn down our cities. Yeah, you're not a serious person if you can't hold those two thoughts together. And that that that's that's my belief. Yeah, I mean that's that's a common sense belief. That's how, as you said, John. That's how everyone's. Uh, beliefs should be regarding this uh, current situation, I guess you can call it, that's taking place now and and anything of any controversial uh, level. I I look at it like this and I I don't like going down, you know, the the moral compass road, I guess, with this because I I don't feel like it's my platform. And I I think that should be okay. You have a platform. Exactly. You have to do it. I know. Right. No, I have to do it or else, you know, I'm I can no longer be in this industry. Right. But the problem is on Twitter, if something's trending, right, regardless if it's controversial or not, what happens? People look to see what's trending and they talk about it because that's how they get views. That's how they get followers and likes and retweets. So when something goes on to this level, Everyone from Joe Schmo to Michael Jordan is going to be posting and tweeting about it. And that doesn't go away because it becomes so big. And, and I feel like it's spilled over with this into the real world. Now people are rioting and it's that's how Twitter gets sometimes. And I'm not taking this lightly. Don't mis, misconstrue my words. Uh, any listeners out there. But like you said, John, it's well, what are you saying that George, uh, you know, Floyd, that was okay. It's like, no, we're just saying America shouldn't burn because of it. And we shouldn't be stealing and, and, you know, injuring people and fighting all cops and this and that and, and everything else that's going on. And it's become one or the other on Twitter and in the, and in real life. I I think that's just my overall point. And it's, it's sad. And most importantly, John, it's scary. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I've described it like this for years. Everyone looks at the extreme right in this country, uh, which would be the conservative branch, uh, the so-called Republican uh, red part of it versus the extreme left, which would be the progressive Democrat view. Although most people in this country are, are far closer to the middle, but uh, everyone looks at that sort of spectrum as a straight line and and you say far left and far right that's what it means you're 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 farther on that line but i've always described it as a circle and the people in the middle are at the bottom of the circle and the extremes they're going around that circle different ways but they end up in the same place 180 degrees from sense and that place is intolerance. It doesn't matter how you get to intolerance, whether you're a fascist or a communist, you end up in the same spot of intolerance and hatred. And they're both so alike, it's almost comical. And they don't see it. And I, 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 find, I find it incredibly sad. And, you know, to people who look at both sides and see and can say, look, the Minneapolis mayor was feckless. And what he did by giving up a police precinct and, and, and saying stand down was, he called it symbolism. And I'm not going to risk lives for the symbolic nature of a building but he didn't realize what that symbolism that he was showing gave to the rest of the country. And rioters looked to that and said, oh, they're going to give this up. Where in certain jurisdictions, they're not. And certainly the White House. I mean, if those people got through the gate of the White House, they would have been shot dead. Uh, yeah. Sharpshooters, they're told to protect that at all costs. And, and to be honest, young people doing these types of things, they don't know the difference. They see that symbolism and say, we can do whatever we want. But from a, from a, a pundit standpoint, if you say anything that is remotely looked upon as conservative, you love Trump. You're in, you're in the bag for Trump. And if you say anything that is on the other side of the fence, you're, you're a socialist, you're a communist. I, I mean, this has to stop. And, and social media, and I've said it before, we talk about COVID-19, what it's done to this country. By far a bigger disease is social media. It is destroying people's ability to just be kind. It's awful. It really is. Yeah, it's toxic and ugly, and it can be, um, it it can be a, a great thing uh, when it's used correctly, and it can be very ugly, as we can see at times when anything like this occurs. So, you know, I, I don't know how to transition into how this relates to what we do day to day, but I guess if you could maybe just update uh, the listeners and even myself on what you've gathered and researched and have seen over the past day or two uh, regarding 
everything that has occurred and how it relates to the NFL and, and athletes and, and anything else. Yeah, I mean, and that's the sad point. I, I don't think it has much to do uh, with the NFL. I really don't. And, and yeah. people have made uh, the tangential um, directive towards Colin Kaepernick and, and some of the things uh, that obviously went on with him. But from covering that story for years, really, years and years, and and I've been very, very consistent. He was not blackballed. Uh, Joe Lockhart, who was uh, the former, essentially, uh, chief of communications, uh, media relations for the NFL, uh, former Clinton administration press secretary, basically confirmed that in an op-ed with CNN. Uh, also said the owners made a mistake by not signing, which I agree with. And and the honest reporters, that's what we said. Look, the owners and the teams in this league looked at Colin Kaepernick at, at the end, not, you know, the post-Chip Kelly Colin Kaepernick coming off three surgeries. They looked at that guy as a backup quarterback. And the vast majority of the owners in this league didn't want to deal with with a PR headache for a backup quarterback. If he were still the guy that took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, if he were playing at that level, trust me, they would have dealt with it. But they didn't feel he was worth that from a playing standpoint level. And, but then you had this entire just, and and I don't know what else to call it than disingenuous saying he was blackballed from the league Uh, and you saw it from some pretty heavy hitting reporters and they knew it wasn't true, at least from a legal standpoint, which essentially says the league is colluding with one or or more teams uh, to um, ban Colin Kaepernick from the league. And what Lockhart confirmed, what Jeffrey Lurie told me years ago is They were trying to get him signed. They were trying to convince owners to sign him from the league standpoint. And they couldn't get it accomplished. But other than that tangential issue, I, I don't think this has much to do with the NFL for what I said at the beginning of this conversation. It is an entertainment vehicle at its core. I think people forget that. It's a business and it is designed to entertain you. If you want a moral compass, go to church. Look to your family. I, I, I don't know. That doesn't get likes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do we really? I mean, when people stand back and they say, okay, what the horrible things going on in this country? Do they say, hmm, do they really step back and say, I wonder what Carson Wentz thinks of this? That's not a shot at Carson. Who cares? Right. I, I mean, why Why would you possibly care? And again, there are people as, and, and I'll go back to Malcolm and say, look, Malcolm has done the work. Malcolm ha- has done that demonstrable action I talked about. He sat in front of Congress. He has sat with the Philly Police Department. He has sat with this state's government. He protested uh, peacefully uh, 
as we're taping this, what day are we? I always say that, right? What day? Are, <laughs> June Monday, 1st. June Monday. 1st. Yeah. He did it today. He did it yesterday. I, I mean, this is a guy who walks the walk. So if you want to say, I wonder what Malcolm Jenkins thinks, I understand that. But that's few and far between. And again, to look at others and say, they have to act this way. They have to do this. They have to go on social media. I have to know what they think before I know what I think. Is that really where you want to be in life? Looking at professional athletes? I don't know. Can they, can Carson Wentz throw for 32 touchdowns? That's his job. That's (laughs) what you should be worried about. Not what he thinks of every single issue that comes across the plate. And I don't think it's fair to expect that of Carson Wentz or anybody else. I'm not singling no, him out. You're right. It's not fair. And, and as it relates to Malcolm Jenkins, that that's his life. This is what he does. Yeah. Like regardless of if there was social media, if he was an athlete, if he wasn't an athlete, it's something he's passionate about. And the proof is in the pudding there. And now it's gotten to the point, repeating ourselves a little bit here with what I'm about to say, but everyone has to say something. And if you don't, you know, you're you're viewed in a certain way. And if you do and you don't say it the right way, you're viewed a certain way. And it's just wh- what holds weight anymore? Well, it should only be action. And that's really no longer the case. Um, just to go back to Colin Kaepernick, and, and I don't want to make this a, a Colin Kaepernick thing, but I just think it's interesting how there's no sports going on right now. And we often look to sports. Um, when there's any social issues or, or something of this magnitude that occurs, you look to sports and see how the sports leagues react. And oftentimes the, the games alone, um, you know, if the Sixers were having a playoff game tonight or the Flyers or the Phillies, wh- whatever it may be, that would be an outlet and a distraction. And, and there's not that distraction. And, let me get your thoughts on that actually first, before I go into Colin Kaepernick, cause I just kind of stumbled upon another topic there. So g- give me your thoughts on the impact of no sports at this moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll go even farther. I mean, you know, if everyone was allowed to go to work, would we be in this type of situation? You know, seriously, I, I I'm, yeah. I'm not even being flippant. I mean, if you have something to do in the morning, you know, at growing up, uh, I'll be very, as I usually am, very honest. Uh, I'm not a very religious person, but I grew up in, in, in the Catholic Church. I went to Catholic school and, and slowly veered away from it, which I think everybody did at <laughs> the yeah. Catholic school. But, you know, long story short, one phrase that always one one sort of piece of wisdom that did stick with me is uh, idle hands is the devil's workshop. Always stuck with me. I don't know why, but but. Actually, I do know why, because it makes so much sense. People need something to do. And if they don't have something to do, bad things happen. Not literally the devil coming, but that's sort of, uh, uh, you know, that's what the Bible is to me. It's just somebody, a human being, giving you life lessons And that's what they're trying to say there. They're trying to say, look, you need something to do to keep your mind occupied because you have nothing to do. Bad things tend to happen. So I I think, you know, distractions are great. 
if people had to go to work tomorrow, guess what? They're not going to be out riding until three in the morning. But they haven't been to work in three months. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Unfortunately, you know, we're very lucky through this whole thing. You and I, Ryan. Um, Yes. Other people don't have anything to do. And, yes, sports is also a big part of that, the distraction of sports and the fact that you don't have live games. And I, I go back to that the tragedy, and you think about that poor man who was accused of uh, passing a phony $20 bill uh, to get something at a convenience store. That's where this all started. You know, who knows? Maybe he did that because his job, he was a bouncer at a bar, it was shut down. He couldn't go to work. He didn't have a way to make income. Now, I, I there's ways to handle that. I mean, we've seen the good just to interrupt you, because I, I, I like that point. Like we've seen viral videos of whatever it may be, a, a homeless man stealing something out of a convenience store because he's starving or, uh, you know, an addict on the street stealing something and a cop takes him to rehab or a cop gets him a haircut and gets him a job like there, th- there's ways that you can help without <laughs> that obvious, you know it's an obvious statement. There's ways to help without that result, um, which is the complete opposite uh, of the other options, I guess, is my point. Yeah. And I I just think, you know, I I think about it from my standpoint, I say, you know, how many failed government policies uh, (laughs) led to this, again, poor man's destruction, literally uh, in the fact that he was murdered. uh, And then it further, developed from there and how many lives were ruined and not only people injured there are people that have been killed across the country but thousands of people have ruined their lives they're going to jail they've been arrested they're going to have a record how do you how do you even calculate from that small point of somebody perhaps trying to pass off a counterfeit $20 bill because he's not, his job has been taken from him because of a pandemic. You know, we talk about the butterfly effect. It, it's, it's frightening to think about. And, and again, it, we're all sitting here and, and we're going through this and we haven't, we did mention COVID-19, but nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. Yeah. Everybody's out. No social distancing. No, no, I, you know, can we go back to work? No, can't go back to work. Can't go into church, which I just mentioned, but you can go out and protest with thousands of people and then riot. If you so choose, it's a strange, strange universe we're in right now. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, this could be a stupid question, maybe like an ignorant question for lack of knowledge. Um, but does this does everything that take place or that has taken place, I should say, with the the tragic fluid, um, you know, murder, essentially, um, does that speed up any timelines for like the the NFL has always been on the same timeline? They've it's felt like they've been least impacted for just luck of the draw schedule wise and how it's related to COVID-19. But even in your mind, you've covered the NBA for a long time. Um, 
you know, does it help the NBA get back maybe quicker or, or any other sports league? Does anything change because of this logistically? No, I, I, I think no, only because I, I think people have started to figure out that, um, um, <laughs> And, and more so from the point you look at just from the tri-state area, how it went. New York made the decision, uh, then New Jersey fell, then Pennsylvania fell. So they kind of just follow each other. Uh, and the fact that, okay, New York's going to open up sports, so we have to as New Jersey, and then uh, Governor Wolf had to in, in Pennsylvania. And even that, you can see the hypocrisy in it. But, I, I mean, from the standpoint of sports that should have been going on uh, or would have been going on, not that's poor wording, but would have been going on if not for the pandemic, I mean, they need ramp-up time. I mean, professional basketball players, they got to get in shape. They haven't been doing anything. Uh, I, it's not like they can just roll out the basketball and play and they have to have a, a, a training camp and a ramp-up period. So you have to go through that. Plus, you have to figure out the logistics of playing in Orlando. Uh, baseball, the bigger issue has been money. Uh, how are they going to split the money? How are they going to deal uh, with the losses? Um, and and the same thing, you got to figure out the logistics and hockey's the same way. I mean, those are the bigger problems. But I, I do think people look at this and say, Look, we have these governors that have told us for months and months and months, you can't go to sporting events. You can't go to, to restaurants. You can't go to church. You can't gather with community. And then all of a sudden they say, okay, you can to, to protest. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I do think the antennas have been raised but this issue going on is so much greater than professional sports. It's getting lost in translation. Extending the play with John McMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. You can follow myself as well, if you're really bored, at Ryan Rothstein33. Uh, we're also a part of Sirius XM Radio, SB Nation Radio, and 